0: All the latest news, views and reaction to the A-League, the Socceroos and Australian football. This is 442 FM.
1: Hello and welcome to 442FM We are back for another season of the Hyundai A-League Season 2015-2016 t- <laughs> 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 What did you almost say there? <laughs> <laughs> we, um, I, I'm taking a stand against Season 11 we will, uh, we will not be referring to this season as Season 11 It will be 15-16 uh, And as we've matured Past our infancy, past our ten years, and moving forward into fifteen, sixteen, going forward,
2: we've gone through a football coming of age. We are now all grown up. Well, we're actually twenties, I guess.
1: Twenties, Te-
2: technically, is that
1: what's that? What, between that?
2: being a teen and being a, a, a toddler, a child, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's an awkward age, no doubt, probably. It, Especially yeah. if you're David Gallop.
1: Yeah, that's when <laughs> you start getting sweaty armpits and yeah, yeah, yeah you and start strange, noticing, strange feelings. Yeah, noticing in girls. your other regions. Yeah. Um, That that.
2: That carries on for some of us.
1: (laughs) That voice you will, of course, recognise as Kevin Ayers, 442 editor.
2: Very husky, thank you very much.
1: (laughs) And with our special guest, Sean Mooney, co-author of A-League, the inside story of the tumultuous first decade. Pressure was on there. (laughs) (laughs) Were you
2: actually going to say it right for the third time?
1: (laughs) Is that how you say it? Yeah, go Okay. Done well. That was my-
2: just before we go any further, how did you come to call it the tumultuous decade? Uh,
3: John, That's not
2: a word that trips off the tongue. No. Well, John, oh, just for me.
3: My co-author, John, has a larger vocabulary than I do, so <laughs> he was the one who came up with it, and, and it makes sort of sense, you know, there's been really big highs, and there's been really low lows so uh yeah so tumultuous sort of covers that very well
2: no it's a top word but it's it's a rare word
0: yes you don't
2: even see it on words with friends very often <laughs> even playing against Ray Gat. <laughs> as i have been for the past year now
1: that's also quite accurate um to my um sort of career of saying the word tumultuous i've had some very <laughs> highs and some even lower lows um of my four times oh, probably five times i've now said the word now so uh we had a practice run um but um yeah, so so here we are. We're back in the studio. We're back in the brewing cupboard. And Most of us. And <laughs> Most
2: of us. We have one person.
1: Most of us. We've got is. one more person to introduce you to, uh, who we're going to have a uh, a quick Socceroos chat with. Um, we've we're about to talk, and we'll go on to some of the uh, the fine imports that the A Leagues have had this season. But this is must be Australia's finest export, Johnny Davidson, over in the UK, but currently over in Jordan. Welcome, John. <laughs> Welcome,
0: guys. How
1: are we? Very <laughs> well, mate. Very well. You, well, you are joining us from a very noisy breakfast room in your hotel in Jordan. Um, so let's let's jump straight into it and, uh, and and give us your your take on your first twenty four hours in Jordan. Uh, it's
0: hot. It's uh, expensive. Um, beers are six, sixteen miles, which is you know a bit, a bit of a worry. But um, no, no, it's. <laughs> People are very friendly, so it's quite a nice place.
2: Um, I saw having said that people are very friendly, I did see that you just got a, a warning not to wear your soccer's colours out in the streets.
0: Yeah, well, generally I don't wear them to games. Um, you know, covering them, that's a bit of a no no in the press box. But um, yeah, there was um, there, is, there is that notice in our hotel. Um, our hotel's run by a Jordanian um, Aussie. I think he lived in Perth many times and um, I believe he had a bit of an incident. Oh, so I've heard he had a bit of an incident at the last game three years ago and I think there was a green and gold army bus that um, had some rocks thrown at it with some Aussie fans on um, three years ago when Jordan actually beat the Socceroos. So um, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. Obviously people need to be aware of those kind of things. Um, coming Those those coming to Oman, I imagine there might be. 50 to 100 Aussie fans here. It's, it's hard to know exactly, but I know some are arriving today, which is Wednesday. If that helps.
2: <laughs> and what's the atmosphere like over really there amongst the, on the camp?
0: Yeah, uh, we're heading off to the press conference in a couple of hours, but it's, it's all pretty, um, pretty calm and pretty relaxed. Um, some players put up to talk to the media yesterday um, at the Hyatt where they're staying. Um, yeah, Ange was, was very um, sort of nonchalant, you know, so I think everything's running running to plan, running smoothly. Uh, James Meredith was, was obviously chatting to the media because it's his first Socceroos squad, so he was pretty, um, very happy obviously to be there and uh, to be recognised.
2: Excellent. Um, what's, uh, what was the mood with Meredith? Was he uh, nervous about being with the Socceroos or just uh, riding the euphoric wave?
0: i don't think he was nervous i think it was you know i think he was probably on, on cloud nine he'd only had one session with the team um at that point uh and obviously i think he knows um it's a fair challenge to, to sort of get that left back spot with, with jason davidson and a's but a's beige um having sort of been there for, for quite a while now but um you know, i think i think he's yeah, pretty pleased to to be there it's hard, it's hard to know whether he'll actually get a, a run against the Jordanians. Um, but uh, yeah you know, i think he was he, he, he was pretty cool car kind of collector
2: what's the what are the conditions like over there what are they set to be for the match
0: well it's it's funnily enough it's uh, it's raining outside at the moment this morning um, it has been fairly mild um, you know, quite quite warm in the, in the in the day but but cool in the evenings um, you know sort of around around 25 26 during the day and um, probably about 16, 17, 18 in the evening. So I think it's a five o'clock kickoff because it's been brought forward, um, sort of suit the Australian market TV wise. I think it might be a 1 a.m. kickoff Friday morning, um, but don't don't quote me on that. Um, so it shouldn't be it shouldn't be too warm um, compared to some of the games that, that Australia's played in the Middle East. So uh, the stadium, I think, is um, there's a bit of construction work taking place at the stadium. I think some repairing of seats, but the pitch does look good, which is really the main thing. Mm.
2: It's pretty central as well for uh, almost all the Socceroos for a change. There's no huge yeah. marathon air yeah. journeys for them.
0: Yeah, that's right. It's it's quite a, um, easily coded for particularly for the ones in Europe. Um, obviously, not the best timing for for those in, for, in the A League. Um, they'll be missing the, the first round. But um, as we don't have an international international break, then that's just what happens. So um, yeah, I, I, I think. Um, there's only obviously one game this time as opposed to two, but I think they're all pretty keen to, to, to knock off Jordan and um, keep that top spot. Uh, and this win will pretty much see him through the next phase, I would imagine, on points. I think Jordan are two points behind on seven. We're on nine with, with three wins, so we're looking for win number four. We've, uh,
2: we've got a mixed record against Jordan, is that right? Just...
0: Yeah, I think, um, as I said, uh, it was three years ago we lost here, but we have obviously beaten them. Um, at home uh, as well but um, yeah I mean I think Australia will go into the game obviously is, is favourites um, yeah Jordan have, have the two wins and a draw from their three games against uh, Kyrgyzstan and Bangladesh sorry that's a bit hard to get off the tongue um, a bit like Tumultuous and um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah I think um yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I did see Jordan a little bit in the Asian Cup, but they've, they've got a new coach in, so that may change it, uh, the way they play a fair bit.
2: Are you getting to do any uh, sightseeing?
0: Uh, I haven't yet. I've um, been too busy filing, but uh, I think I will later today. As I said, we've got the Socceroos up at, at midday in uh, a couple of hours, and I think um, probably the Jordanian press conference after that. So, have um, got the Roman ruins, uh, the Citadel, which is supposed to be quite nice, just where we are we staying. Uh, no time for Petra on my focus I think it's about three and a half hours uh, there and back and, and tomorrow's match day so um, unfortunately won't get to do that it's supposed to be one of the one of the great wonders I don't really only know it from the uh, Indiana Jones but you know still <laughs> to
2: see one day that's pretty harsh from that all that way and not getting to see Petra oh
0: I man it's the glamorous life of the uh, sports journalist, let you know we right.
2: appreciate your dedication to the task mate <laughs> <laughs>
0: deadlines, deadlines, deadlines
2: What's the, uh, Have you had a chance to have a look and have hopefully have someone translate for you what the Jordanian press is saying about the game? Uh, I haven't
0: had a chance yet um, I did actually check out one of the um, the English Jordanian papers which didn't mention it uh, <laughs> They seem to have a story about the um, under-19s and I think the under-23s who were probably involved in, in, in Asian qualifiers at the moment, but um, no, I, I think hopefully we'll, we will today. Um, but it hasn't been a, a huge buzz about the game that, that I've said only arrived uh, yesterday, but um, there are a few, a few billboards up around um, advertising the game, so we'll gag us know a little bit more tomorrow.
2: Excellent. Alright, well fingers crossed we come back with the result and uh, enjoy uh, Jordan and Harry Potter at breakfast time.
0: Always. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no worries, mate. Thanks for joining.
2: Cheers, John. Speak to you later, mate. Take Cheers. care.
0: Bye.
1: Hi, I'm Aaron Moy. You listen to 442 FM. Thank you, John, and thank you, Aaron, for the, the little plug. Aaron Moy.
2: He's, you... he's a socceroo.
1: He's a socceroo. He's, he's quite good as well. Yeah. I, I watched him in the FA Cup. Game the uh, the other week, and he was ridiculous.
2: I joined for the first time. A draft a league fancy football team. Okay. Uh, instead of you know uh, picking uh, the same as everyone else, and we were there was ten teams, and we were all fighting over Aaron Moy. <laughs> as our first choice. <laughs> and, first uh, draft. First first draft choice, and yeah, I wasn't happy that I missed out. In fact, my first three picks were all taken before I got my shot, and I was fourth. <laughs> three very clear favourites uh, and he's one of them um, but we've got a new A-League season we've had ten years of the A-League already yes. so far uh, Sean, you've got your new book, book out at the moment which has gone great guns and uh, been very highly regarded and well reviewed by everyone who's had to look at it uh, it's a sensational insight into the past what are the lessons that we can learn from uh, the last ten years going forward?
3: Uh I think a lot of the lessons have really been well been learned. I know some people probably would not actually say that because they're looking at it across the, the issues with Brisbane Raw and Newcastle Jets. But when you have a look at those, they're sins of the past, which I'll get into. But I think one of the main issues was uh, at the start was really it was it was a mad rush to get these teams in, and there wasn't a lot of people uh, who were putting bids forward. Uh, so we had eleven. Uh, bids and there was eight licenses, and then we got to the situation where, uh, for example, they went to speak to Con Constantine about due diligence. Uh, so not, when they were doing the due diligence process, talking about governance and having right corporate structures and so forth, and he's turned around and says, "Well, I won't swear on here, but yeah, I, I pay the checks and um, <laughs> I do the I do the uh, governance. Uh, have some more wine." Uh, so he told uh, John o, he, he told John O'Neill and Matt Carroll. And uh, they said okay and then hot-footed back to Sydney. And then in the last... And uh, still give him
2: a licence. Anyway. And still gave him a licence.
3: <laughs> yeah, so John O'Neill will, will claim that there was all this you know, special due diligence done and it was all checked and so forth. But really, at the end of the day, they were scourging around for, for licences. And then uh, Central Coast Mariners was another one where the original bid, born out of the Northern Spirit uh, Consortium, uh, led by Ann Kernan, who was uh, Clean Up Australia... Ahead of that, uh, that fell at the piece at the last moment and then they went to uh, Lyle Gorman and Lyle Gorman had to go and get a line of credit for 250000 They gave him a very cheap licence uh, but yeah, and they've, they've really struggled with cash flow ever since. So I think all the way through is as those owners started to drop out other owners come through. There was desperation finding those other owners. We got the likes of uh, Clive Palmer, who sort of was born out of the failed attempt of the Gold Coast Galaxy Consortium, led by Fred Taplin. And then from that, uh, we then got Nathan Tinkler, which obviously fell over from Con uh, Constantine. And then really... Where we're looking at now is is that uh, a lot of those things were issues because of their own personal finances. So a lot of those owners fell over, and where the real dip, where the low crowds happened during the global financial crisis, coming up out of it, then the mining boom came, and we went and got all these mining barons, which the Backerys groupers were part of those. Uh, They come from mining, and then. Yeah, so we're living with those sins currently now. But I think where they've learned the lesson is they're looking at those things like multiple owners. A lot of people are up in arms saying, oh, Newcastle, why hasn't it been sold yet? You've got mm-hmm. Thompson from Dunder United there. But what they're trying to do is they're trying to sort of package that where he is probably the, multi, the main owner and then there's a group of local businesses as part of the consortium. And then Melbourne Victory is the great example of that uh, where you've got multiple owners. They all come from different businesses. So if someone's in property and property goes down... Well, then the others can pick up the slack, Mm. and 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 you don't hear much out of um, Wellington Phoenix because you've got multiple owners; they share the risk. So I think that's. We had we
2: had multiple owners with Perth Glory as well originally, though, didn't we? Yeah, we yeah, but that was also you know those issues tied tied up with mining as well. Yeah,
3: exactly right, and then obviously Sage has taken the whole thing, and then and obviously with the issues with that, uh, having that one owner and not having the right corporate governance structures, uh, you know, his CEO came from his own company. Uh, board members come from his own company and really those are the sorts of things that you sort of see is that, that, that salary cap thing where it becomes an issue becomes an issue because of the lack of governance, lack mm. of oversight, particularly at board level and that's where they got unstuck.
2: Yeah. Excellent. Break so it. looking ahead, the season ahead, who's your top tip? I'm terrible
3: at uh, predictions and forecasts but however, I, I did really well last year. I was asked on the radio program who I thought top two were, and I said Melbourne victory and Sydney FC, and uh, very and, good, wow, good call. yep. So that won't happen again. So <laughs> my top two tips are and Melbourne victory. I still think they are definitely the front runners, um, and and Sydney FC. I think those are the two there, and I think it'll be daylight. To be honest, I don't really see too much others, but as I said, I'm pretty terrible with this stuff. I don't do Melbourne Cup, so <laughs> yeah, I'll probably get found out.
2: I think the the, the interesting thing with Melbourne victory is that historically. Anybody who's won a championship or a premiership or both mm-hmm. has then struggled to keep that same team, that same squad together Yes. Mm-hmm. the following season. They've uh, inevitably lost them either to the rivals or to overseas. Victory lost Milligan uh, substantially, and th- everything else has just been a gain for them. They repl- replaced him with uh, Buzanik, uh in terms of... Numbers, which is not a bad replacement, which is a pretty good. I mean, it, it's not quite. It's as not quite Milligan. You're right. Yeah, Not quite f- there, um, but uh, you know, it, it's not a bad, bad first attempt. Yeah, and then w- s- strengthened with uh, the guy whose name I can never pronounce, uh, our man from Swansea, Gil Franco. Yeah, tumultuous, tumultuous. that, tumultuous. We'll <laughs> <laughs> First name and, uh, Tom, the the young look as well. So I think mm. victory are so strong mm. again this season. It's going to be hard to see past them.
1: It's, and how they have performed in the FA Cup so far. Yeah, brushed Adelaide aside in the last in the last game, and steamrolled them. You know, I think it was probably an Adelaide team that, that didn't play particularly well, but 15 shots. And um, and the one interesting stat that I picked up from from that game was 21 interceptions as opposed. to, I think Adelaide was nine, and that just shows how much of um, on the front foot that victory play. Yeah. You know, they're just constantly, they're just relentless. Yeah, and and Adelaide just couldn't couldn't handle it. Yeah. And and I can imagine that's going to be the case for for a lot of teams in, uh in the A League this season. Yeah. Um. What about your main man for victory? Who's, um, who's going to be the standout performer for, for them this season?
2: Well, last season, at the beginning of the season, I thought, as I said, during mid-season, I thought uh, Besparisha was their star signing, and I was so wrong. It was uh, Kalfala, mm. uh, without a doubt, is just a very, very, very good footballer who we're lucky to, to have on there. But they got talled right across the the front third. Mm. Uh, you know, when I say Kalfala's a star, it's only he's... Just so good. Barisha should be the, the star. Mm. Got, and then you've still got Guy Finkler behind them as well. Carl Valeri. Uh, yeah. I mean, Baba
1: on, on the other side. Yep.
2: Barbaroussis. Yeah. It's just a devastating attack.
3: And not only that, as well, is is obviously with their press where they get uh, get forward. There, a lot of the teams, when you sort of speak to some of the players out there, the, the chat around amongst them has been as, know the way that they press and the, how they can do it for a large period of the 90 minutes um, and then obviously you've got Berisher who's raving mad uh, when he's going and <laughs> chasing the ball and yeah I, I think Berisha's role has sort of changed at the moment uh, obviously you've got those other attacking options as well but uh, he he did a lot of that set up link up play that got unnoticed last year, and again his work rate on that press is yeah, yeah. scary. You talk to guys who play the centre backs, and they 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 just have oh, got to play him this week. He
2: chases down everything. Yeah, you know he's he's like the the Duracell bunny. He just doesn't mm-hmm.
3: stop. It's hard to find another striker in the league. Who's like that?
2: It's hard to find another striker
3: anywhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, good point. You know, and, you look
1: at like yeah, you've got to compare him to the likes of Suarez, who just has that appetite that yeah. just to chase everything. But but yeah, as you said. There's not many of them. No. In the yeah, world yeah,
3: no. Most of the target men are sort of big guys, hold the ball up, mm. lay off. Just wait for it. To yeah, come wait to them. for it to come or to them. They'll do
2: the business once it gets them, but yeah. they are not going to go look for it. All the small
3: little guys off playing off the shoulder. There's mm. not really anything like him. He's yeah, he's multifaceted. He the
2: entire enemy half. Mm. He will go anywhere in that half to get the ball back, uh, given the chance. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah, for Russia's before competitor.
1: The uh, the big challenge of of any team in football that have just had a huge successful um, successful season is, is backing it up um, and if anyone's going to motivate them to do it it's your, it's your manager mm-hmm. and so I, I think he can probably motivate.
2: I reckon, yeah I think he's capable of raising his voice yeah. in the dressing room environment <laughs> um, again, you know that's the other thing I think they've done so well in keeping there's not been a whisper that I've been aware of, Musket leaving Nah. Uh, I mean victory is very much his team mm-hmm. uh, from you know day one but he's still done a, I think a remarkable job uh, in management and making that transition yet there's still not been any talk of him going anywhere else
1: nah. I think
2: that's a combination of one obvious loyalties to the club uh, but two I think other people will, will regret that one day mm. uh, they could have got an early stage perhaps and taking them elsewhere, yeah. but I think victory should be delighted that they held onto he's very everything. much
3: he 's very much part of the DNA of that club yes yeah. um, and that and it is a winning mentality that club has like even during the dramas that they had uh, before with the changes of coaches and 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 that it was in search of trying to win it, they weren 't <laughs> accepting that they were going to come of that, even in the first season when they were sort of really like down in the pack. Um, it was a good decision by the board to sort of stick by only merit because they got rewarded mm. uh, like that, but I yeah, very much a winning culture there and I think the other thing is advantage as well they 've got the Asian Champions League this year and they 've not done as well, you know as well probably what they obviously would like um, and I think there 's another added motivation towards that you know go for the, you know,
1: go for the treble yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. UBET has them as three dollars fifty favorites to um, to back to back uh championships no. uh, and we go to the second favorite who uh, who was the runner up from last last season's grand final in Sydney FC um as we said the this it's stability i think that um is what sydney fc have been crying out for for the for the last 10 years um, and uh, in Arnie i think they may have found that
2: you would hope so but i mean the it is interesting that these rumors came out this week about him uh, <laughs> being offered a job in holland uh Which is unsettling. I'm not sure if it's a new contract he was hanging out for, Mm -hmm. which seems the most likely, or if uh, it was, you know, he genuinely was being offered this job and fancied a change. But given what happened with him in Japan, I don't think he should be in any hurry to to disappear off and just sit tight, establish himself, achieve what he didn't achieve last season, Mm. uh, and, you know, follow through at Sydney and come up the. up with the goods I think it's interesting that some of the players they lost Corey Gamero, Gamero, Gamero mm-hmm. um, I was surprised he left and we actually ironically coincidentally we had just run a feature in the magazine about the close bond between uh, players and coaches and mm. the two that came from Sydney were mm. Arnie and, and Gamero uh, and I, I was just really really shocked to see him go and uh, and I think Arnie would have been as well because I think he really did have very, very high hopes for him. Yeah. And he looked like he's coming off. I think that affection and that nurturing and mentorship will now be passed on to Chris Naimoff mm. myself, Kiki, because um, I can see similar uh, a, similar I can see similarities between yeah, them. Him and Hull. Um, I think the the main factor with Sydney this season though is missing Yanko. And how that's going to affect them. Holosko, on paper, looks like he might be a, a very good pickup, but until we actually see him properly week in, week out, yeah. it's not a known quantity. And to be fair, I wouldn't have him a second favourite on that basis until we see what he brings. Because Janko was such a major, major part of last season's success when he finally hit his stride. Mm. It took a while for him to get going,
1: though. Yeah, when you look at what we. we you just mentioned before about victory managing to keep a lot of their um sort of the quality players sydney's lost a lot of theirs from from last season you know obviously yanko and uh, and gamero is the are the two um do you think that they've got enough to to sort of challenge this, yeah this i i do but the other
3: thing as well is the way i you have to really rate graham arnold as a coach um, and it's not always like the tactical side of things, it's what's done off the park. Mm-hmm. So, if, if you have a look prior to we got there, you know, you're watching a training session and players would be rocking up at random times, and they, you know, some of them on their phones are rocking up to the pitch, and the, the intensity just wasn't there. You'd see great intensity sometimes at state league um, games. But when you actually watch Graham Arnold, the intensity of training is there, all those little one percenters are there. Um, right down to the detail uh, he's even got the match an- analyst You know, he's got his analyst there uh, so he's getting that professional set up and, and his sort of real core being is really about we can provide the most professional environment as possible and it's up to the players to take advantage of those things and obviously with the culture he does, they do and I think that's the, the type of things where he has that in terms of it obviously yes, you said uh, he's had a lot of changeover in, in personnel but look at Look at uh, Ange Postacoglu and that they have to go through that change and and that. And I think if you have a look at Sydney FC off the park, that stability off the park's probably the greatest thing mm-hmm. that they can ever have. Uh, you know, they've had a stable board for now, what over three years. Their mm-hmm. yeah, owner, Tractor Vanco, doesn't say much, keeps in the background, yeah. does what he needs to do. Pignata's been there for several years. It's it. You've got all those things in place now. So, uh, I, you know, it, if they if they fail this season, well. You know, I'd be very surprised. I, th- I think they've got everything going for them.
2: Yeah, I think they I mean, also taking into consideration the uh, the squad makeup without Yanko, uh, they had did, they didn't have Yanko for Spurs and Chelsea matches, and I thought they performed brilliantly against yep. them. I was mm. really really impressed. By the way, uh, they turned themselves out for that. They did have Gamera there uh, for mm. that one. Though. Yeah, and a beanie. And a beanie. Yep. Um, interestingly, I know for uh, from that that uh, since then, Arnie has a picture of him and Josie as his wallpaper lock sc- his lock screen no. image okay. on his iPhone. <laughs> two of them together at last. <laughs> they swapped jackets with each other at full time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> the special two. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, so main man. Sydney this season. Uh, you, you know, we just mentioned it's quite hard to um, to judge some of their their new imports. Um, do, do you think Namoff can can make the step up? Do you think Hall can come in? Is is he going to get enough game time, or is he going to fall back onto some of the guys that maybe didn't get as much game time last year, and or or maybe some of the more, more underrated players? I think who has
2: got a good chance of making the step up. I think uh, Arnie is really impressed by him and sees a lot of potential there. Um, I think uh, I, now I'm off, I still think although he has high hopes for him I still think he's a work in progress mm. I think he's going to be seeing action off the bench uh, in select games and then if he gets to prove himself in that he might start getting a first team but at the moment he's very much depth yeah. uh, I think other than that it's going to be old reliable Zach Anderson in the back line's going to be an interesting conundrum for him because he's, mm. he's got quite a few Key players who he likes just about all of them. Mm. Uh, so he's got depth there. Yep. It's got to be tricky to keep everyone happy, I think, more than anything. Yep. And maintain that solid relationship and understanding of regular partnerships.
1: Um, I, th- I think that's been the big question mark, really, pre season is that their defence? Can you know? It-
2: I don't know. I mean, you've, you've got Royal, you've got German, you've got. Zach Anderson, uh, you've got uh, Ryan Grant back foot again. Yep. So, you know, that's fairly young back line, but fairly still substantial. Mm. I mean, German's good for breaking a leg if you want to, it's somebody <laughs> coming in hard. Uh, plus, you've got uh, the adaptability of Ryan Grant, Steepney, uh, Seb Royal, yep. centre or right, uh, and Zach Anderson is, you know, a known uh, quantity. Uh, and you know, Arnie obviously rates them from his Central Coast Mariners days to to bring them down the road. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, like I say, there's a, there's a good combination of players. That I'd
1: like I'd like to see, Gersbach back having a, f- a full season as well. Me with, too. With yeah. maybe no, um, I, I, I wouldn't know if if this is accurate, but maybe without any school requirements because he <laughs> he must have he must have just finished this 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 year maybe. He was, yeah, he's got that yeah. out of his head now, hasn't he? Yes,
2: yeah. he, he couldn't. <laughs> Play some matches because he was actually at exams I think, yeah. last year, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah. That's um, brilliant. No, I think he has a lot of potential. Again, that's somebody mm. that uh, Arnie's uh, a big fan of. Uh,
1: but, and, and it must show that it, we've, uh, Sydney have got a bass back, um, but you know, Petkovic has gone, so you know that left back spot is is pretty open. Really. Well, I mean, I
2: think but that's the only reason I didn't mention him earlier is because I think he's pretty much got that left back spot yeah. nailed down to himself. Uh, Abbas is more of a moving into a midfield role yep. recently before his injuries uh, and even Petkovic was almost always central midfield left side of, hey, sorry, central defence yep. left sided but uh, didn't really touch Just the left back position slotted
1: much. in there when, when he needed to I think so yeah. um, Good stuff. Well, yeah, as I said, um, Ubet has them as um, second favourites at five dollars fifty, and um, and then we'll, we'll work our way down from from last season's uh, table. So Adelaide in third. Um, yeah, they were they were pretty poor against victory in the FA Cup, um, and uh, and now without Gombau, um, they. they they looked kind of off the pace and very disorganised in defence. With Malik making some very rash and mistimed challenges. And mm-hmm. um, do, do you think they can sort of pull up, pull together at this season and and challenge? Um, yeah, they,
3: I'd probably say you know you don't really want Kuruska, uh Kuruska to actually get injured again uh, or get injured because he was such a main uh, a main man as part of them. Uh, such a great attacking. Um, Part of what they do, I don't know if they've it, watching that game. I don't know if they've evolved that much. So they evolved a lot when Gombao's first season. Mm. Uh, the next season, it started to improve a little bit more. But it's it's hard to say. Like I, I, don't really want to judge them off like the one FFA Cup game that we've seen. But yeah, my main question is how much have they evolved? Because if if they're doing the same stuff they've done for the last two years, everyone works them out, yep. and then they'll just they'll they just get them on the press. They did a little bit last year where. Uh, they would then transition when they went into attack. They'd had they go from from a four-three-three three, to a, a three, and then four in the middle and the three up front, and that was just how they actually moved their outside backs in, in to join up and link up in the attack, mm. um, and where SAS actually uh, dropped in. The only sort of things is is that um, everyone, if they're doing that exact same attacking pattern this year, like everyone's everyone knows what everyone's doing. They they'll get. They'll, they they won't uh, yeah they'll they'll win some games but they'll get found out a lot of the times. Yeah, right? everyone will know what they're doing. So predictability is a really you've got to keep evolving. It's whether or not uh, the, the new coach uh, coming in, um, Amor has actually you know has what is he bringing different to the table? Mm. Yeah, I think
2: I think the first few months are going to be a bit of a magical mystery tour for Adelaide United fans and players as well because I'm not altogether convinced they know exactly what the, the new playing style is going to be like Yeah, uh, I mean I think the first season that um, Gumbo was in charge uh, was very much a transitional season you could see what they were trying to do they were struggling to do it at the back mm. but you know there was a lot of potential there it was going to be beautiful they were getting very much on top of it last season and I think this season would have been the icing on the cake if Gunby had stayed. Mm. But I think him leaving and Amor taking over with such little coaching experience, great player, uh, great heritage, but he's learning on the job, and yeah. I think it's going to show yep. this season.
1: Mm. Striker was um, a, a bit of an issue for them for them last year with uh, um... Sanchez.
2: Thirio. No, um,
1: <laughs> the. Oh, um, Bruce Judo. Chite. Oh, Thank Gitae. you very yeah, much. Yeah. Um, name just went straight from my head. Um, <laughs> I thought I was going to do that first. Great, um, great link-up play, um, but just wasn't scoring enough goals for a number nine. Oh, pretty much his story, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's ever since he stopped partnering with Nathan Burns, it's it's been a struggle for him. Um, but to be fair, I don't necessarily think that was his job. So much in the way that the team was set up last season. Yeah, he was more of a decoy than anything else. I think to let the midfield do uh, hit the
1: box a bit later and yeah. for those cutbacks. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, but you know, everybody needs to chip in with with goals when you're playing like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, if and they just weren't doing it enough. And yeah. I don't necessarily see that improving again this season.
1: New signings. So you've got the Balge and the Ganzi
2: yeah, it's kind of meh, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Depends out
1: Hungary, but Balje is really yeah, uh,
2: coming back. We've seen them both before, and they've both shown great potential, but we've moved on, what, five, six years since we first saw them mm. and thought they've shown potential. And it's just not developed the mm-hmm. way that you'd hope. Uh, been a few missteps career-wise along the way which haven't helped them. Maybe in the right environment with the right uh, support, they could find that magic that they look like having. This could be it. Fingers crossed, it is for them and
1: Adelaide fans. But they're, they're also another team that haven't really lost a huge amount of players either, really. No, no, there no. is stability, and there's a little. Even though Greg Griffins
3: goes off on you know his rants and so forth, there is a, you know a, a tad normally stability that they've had over the time period, and they've also got that new facility, that new you know, the, so they're showing some investment there. Um, I, I really sort of think, in, in terms of them, though, I, It's you want to evolve each year. So, yes, it's good keeping your squad, but you want to bring in additional players that take you from this year and are better than what you currently got. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see that with uh, Babalj and um, Matej Jogantic. So, I, yeah, I don't sort of see that really adding really any strength to what they've really got.
2: Yeah, I mean, they've lost a lot of key players uh Bugard's gone, izzo has gone, Armabil's gone, and Palenka. Palanca, Palanca? Uh, maybe not so much. Mm. Brought in La Rocca, which is an interesting signing, I thought. Yeah. They'll right. um, a bit of steel uh, and a bit of recklessness.
3: And flexibility, because he can play both the holding role and also
1: in the centre back role. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah he's, a, he's a good signing in that way yeah uh yeah he's already played a couple of positions for them hasn't he in, yeah. in preseason mm.
2: and you know again he's somebody who offers that little bit of reckless challenge threat uh that,
3: you know that italian style defending
2: just, just looks <laughs> in the back of your mind when you're facing up against that that you never know if you're actually going to walk away from the next next tackle yeah he
3: he's not a he's oh, he has his moments but he's not a bad distributor of the ball but last year he's just Ugh, terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just but then getting Wanderers in general weren't that great. <laughs> so, yeah, obviously new environments, See how it goes. But yeah, I think I think it's a good signing. It's especially when you've got very shallow squads of twenty three members, you need to have those players that can play in those
1: multiple. With musicians. that flexibility, so it's a smart signing. Yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting. Really, we'll, we'll come to Wanderers um, much later as we're going down the league and and where, where people finished last season. <laughs> um, but um, it's interesting how Wanderers have. Got rid of quite a few players, and a lot of them have been picked up in in other A League teams. Yeah. So it, it shows then.
2: Well, I mean, at the end of the day, they were in the nucleus of a team that won two premierships. Yeah. Right? yeah. Uh, you, they had a shocking season last season. Papa felt the need to rip it up and start again, but that doesn't mean that the players suddenly became worse. It's just it didn't work out for them for a variety of reasons, uh, all very valid reasons, it has to be said as well. Um so yeah I'm not surprised that they've been picked up. Uh the foreigners staying within the A League like Larocca is mm-hmm. a bit of a surprise. Yeah.
3: Um yeah it is that's a big difference isn't it because yeah. mostly all the times the foreigners will come they'll stay at one club and leave and now they you know they they're going um you know they're going to different clubs. Yeah. Um uh what he had um, Mateo Polyak he's gone to Newcastle Jets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah it, 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 that is an interesting thing they must love the weather or something like that yeah. <laughs> also the pay is probably better here with obviously with the economy in Eastern Europe and parts of Spain as well yeah and until n- the end of like next, soon, next season
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: Australian dollars not looking too great <laughs> yeah. well we're well, well, one it. team <laughs> well, one team that don't have to worry about paying in uh, Australian dollars is uh, is the Phoenix, and they were my surprise package from uh, from last season. I really, really enjoyed watching the Phoenix play. Very enjoyable. They, they were, they, you know, they're just so exciting, and mm-hmm. and you know, they've they've lost Burns, who was, you know, by far, uh, you know, the the Johnny Warren Medal winner um, from from the awards. I think he got nearly double the the next amount yeah. of votes mm-hmm. or something. You know, um, it, it was brilliant. So that's going to be a big loss to them.
2: But the interesting thing with Burns, though, was if you actually uh, studied who he was scoring against, he was generally scoring against the bottom of the league teams. Mm. Whenever he came to the big games and the big matches, he tended to go missing. Mm. Uh, and I, th- I think that's something that haunted him with the Socceroos as well. Yeah. When he comes up against class- classier defences and midfields, he really, really struggles a lot. Uh, and I think a lot of his magic was based on McGlinchey. Mm. Uh, myself and uh, Bonaventure to uh, a lesser extent
3: I don't as I said I don't like to do the predictions but I will take one here I think Wellington Phoenix is going to be a team where you're going to get big score lines they're going to score a lot of goals or they're going to cop a lot of goals against uh, they were working on in, in the off season on a, a high press um, really aggressive pressing uh, it's going to be interesting to see if teams can sort of play through that uh, but the only sort of thing is they, they've put very three, they were playing three at the back. Um, I believe they might be reverting back to four, but they were playing three at the back, and they'll three of the slowest guys. You'll probably see Ben Sigmund, Manny Musket, who's now coming to defence, and um, and Durante. So, yeah, again, you can go and press, but once you get through it, you've got three slower guys at the back. Who you know, teams are going to come 100 miles an hour at them as whether they can get that. But they are exciting up the front. Uh, they were exciting last year, and I'd, I'd say they'd be very exciting this year. And and he likes to play those those balls in behind and 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 very yeah and very fast guys that he's picked up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Apaya Kubi was one of those who's picked up. Uh, he's not he's not a bad signing, but he's very quick. Sort of something that Ernie Merrick really likes in his team.
2: Yeah, I, I still I'm concerned for them scoring goals though. To be honest, yeah. I, I think. I can see them being a frustrating side where they will dominate matches and have a lot of possession uh, and push onto the edge of the box and then just not be able to finish it with the, the signings they have at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's. I think it could be a, a, yeah. a stressful season. Yeah,
3: it's whether they can win that ball in the right area. Mm-hmm. So when they win, they attack quickly a at goal and they're not attacking at numbers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, So you're right there. But every team in the A-League struggles with that once any bodies get behind the ball. Yeah, we're not the most creative yeah. <laughs> of of um you know, in our front third. But yeah, but once if they can win the ball and they've only got to go up against, you know, two defenders, three defenders coming in numbers into the box, yeah,
1: I, I think they can get I think that's where they'll get their victories, but I don't sort of see them, yeah, breaking down defences. Yeah, Merrick has, uh, came out and said that new signing Sarpong um is not necessarily a goal scorer. Yeah. Um but he's hoping to bring that Part of his game out of him.
2: Mm. And Blake Powell has had chances before. Uh, most recently with Sydney, and mm. just didn't show anything. Uh, yeah, so uh, he
3: did all right. Well, he went back into the he went back into the state leagues.
2: I think state yeah. league looks like his level, though, but you know this but, is his it, chance. Some, some players are right. like
3: some players are like that. They're in that between, aren't they? They're too yeah. good for state league, and they're not quite good. We'll, we'll soon find out. He's, he's still young. So. Yeah,
2: yeah, could be a. Um, a stressful uh, season, though I think for <laughs> Phoenix fans. But having said that, they are, you know, on the business side of things, solvent, stable, reliable, uh, with a decent following of fans, uh, and, and dedication to youth development too. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Teams uh, and probably deserve a bit better treatment than the FFA are giving them at the moment yeah. by holding out the license.
1: Yeah. I, I i tell you what what they deserve a lot of credit for is their community engagement stuff you know the football fans down under we had one of the yellow fever guys talking about what's what they're doing with um with their fan engagement and community engagement bringing people into games that are um you know maybe giving respite from uh, from caring for disabled family members and things like that you know it's um it, it's really quite sort of heartwarming and uh, you know they deserve a big pat on the back it's a for that.
2: Great community, a great community club, community mm. of fans. It's it's everything that you know. Ideally, the league should be about. You yeah.
3: know? And when they travel around New Zealand, they get some decent support. Too. They do, yeah. yeah. So yeah. they're loved even by New Auckland. Zealand, mm. even, yeah. in <laughs> even in Auckland. Even in Auckland, where they should. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Better than what Auckland when they had their own team. <laughs> <Exactly. yeah, that's laughs> <for sure. laughs>
1: so main man this year, Krishna, Borovac. Yeah, fair call. Yeah, go for that.
2: <laughs> All right, move on. Then. No, um, I,
1: so Krishna, I think there's got to be a lot of expectations on on his shoulders this season to replicate and, and drive on from from the success that he had last year. Chipping in with nine goals, probably you know he needs to be chipping in with probably a few more than that this uh, this season.
2: Well, I mean, you've got a 27 round competition. The best will in the world. You're not really expecting much more than 13 from anybody. Mm, yeah. Uh, so. Nine's not far off it to yep. be honest uh, if you can get into double figures you've done you've had a good season mm-hmm. uh, so just unless, one more unless, unless you score 10 against Newcastle Jets in one match <laughs> then you know maybe not such a good season
1: Melbourne City the other Melbourne team you know we've already we've already heard from um, Aaron Moy um, giving us a little plug and um
2: I think this is going to be their turnaround season. You think? I really do, yeah. I think they've really recruited well, uh, and I can see momentum getting behind them really well this season. I can see them getting a good head of steam in terms of results, and I think fan numbers will follow Mm -hmm. uh, very quickly after that. And we may even get uh, a surprise late guest star signing of quite a big substantial name and possibly Luke Bratton Is, it, it, as yeah, well. it, is yep. this an exclusive?
1: No, 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 this is All right. pure conjecture <laughs> Please! <laughs> me giving Is he going to stay longer than four games though? Is he going to stay longer than four games? Probably not
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Whatever drives members Get pissed off with the
2: media and disappear off
1: <laughs> Well, um, from from the FA Cup game and, uh, and it, it, the Heidelberg game it's you know not A-League standard but it literally it came to a point when when Aaron Moy fancied it and decided to start playing. That's when they looked the best. You know, the Heidelberg were defending very well and and you know actually looked all right for the first what sixty minutes or so. And then and then Aaron Moy just decided to turn it on and uh, and turn it into a, a route. Yeah, it's very hard. It's very hard to judge against uh, when they're playing
3: trials against state league teams because those state league teams all drop back and. Sort of flood it, and yeah. yeah, and obviously the quality levels are different as well. Mm. So, and obviously the fitness levels are another level. Coming, yeah. Teams coming into their peak, they're coming out of their season. So, yeah, Heidelberg quite commendable, but then obviously Grant mm. got taken away from at the end. And yeah, Moy was the star of the show, and I think he'll be the star of the show this year. Yeah.
2: I think he'll be the star of the season. Yeah, Yeah. across the whole. He's a,
3: yeah, great. You know, great to keep him there. Yeah. Um, the only sort of thing is, yeah. A lot of there is a lot of talk about Melbourne City that being that team, being that team come up. It's really hard to say. Um, you know they got everything right off the pitch. Like, there's no, there should be no excuses as well this year, which in the past they could have had.
2: My other exclusive prediction, which is purely hypothetical speculation, mm. is that the first sacking of the season will be JVS. If oh, if they don't, if yeah. they don't produce within two months,
1: yeah, Brendan Rogers style uh, sacking. That's it. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Juergen I brought in. I, I, I am th- so surprised that he still got a job. So
2: am I. I mean, uh, from day one, as soon as the City Football Group yeah. came in, I honestly thought he would be a history. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he got one season out of it astonishes me. Yeah. After the, the light cluster results last year, the fact that he's starting this season mm. really surprises me. Uh, and if he's still there by Christmas, unless they've gone their top of the league, I'd be very surprised if he uh, sees out New Year.
1: Hmm. Very cool. Some of some of their new guys as well. Again, basing this from, uh, from on, on last week's game uh, against Heidelberg, um, so they, they look pretty good. You know, there's there's some nice, cute touches.
2: Oh, I think pretty good. I think it's a dynamic, well thought out, really impressive acquisition.
1: <sighs> I, personally, I, I wasn't. I wasn't blown away. If I'm being completely honest, oh. you know, they, they they looked quite cute up front. Um but I, I think
2: I think it's gonna take time to gel mm. uh because it is quite a substantial uh overhaul.
1: Yeah, yeah, oh, big changes there, yeah.
2: Um but I uh, I think, you know, Gamera, Franich, Zulu, uh Aaron Hughes, Sorensen, Navio, they are very, very, very good signings. Very good. Uh With
3: experience and international
2: yeah, experience I mean, as well. Sorensen pisses me off because goalkeeping is a position where historically Australia is very strong You know, it's one yeah. thing we re- usually do pretty well we don't need to go looking for retired literally retired veterans mm. and bring them out of retirement to come and play in the A-League but having said that if you're going to take somebody from overseas for that position it's as good as any uh, that you're likely to get
1: I, I, only time will tell as to whether or not he's going to get games and and why they've brought him in, if it's if it's they see enough in him from a, a mentoring point of view and they just quite like to, he's on that borderline of of sort of player kind of coach as well, mm. so maybe maybe that's what they see and they have, you know and over the last few seasons they've struggled with that mm. that number one spot. So
2: I think you know I think what they have done previously and what they tried to do last season was commit to youthful Australian keepers, yeah. but they committed to the wrong ones, mm. ones that just about any Australian football fan would say,
0: yeah, yeah. keep
2: him as depth, put him in the reserves of the the, the youth <laughs> league, but let's get, you know, yeah. another, sign Galeckiewicz, sign Kovic, some, mm. somebody uh, a, who's, you know. Well, Kovic was up for grabs. I know, mm. that's the thing. Mm. Uh, but, yeah, having said that, you know, Damien Duff, uh, if all the players they've released, Damien Duff is the only one that I would have tried to hold on to, but yeah. only be on the basis of what he did last season uh, he is obviously getting older and more injury prone and mm. all the rest of it, uh, but you know they, they've released a lot of I wouldn't say dead wood, but certainly resting wood <laughs> 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 pining for the fjords wood Matiz uh, Dugansic, Jason Hoffman Q Yalians Josh Kennedy Mass Madoka Ian Ramsey Andrew Redman Rob Violet. they're very they, they, they haven't set the header on fire yeah. uh, especially not while they've been at City mm. uh, and to bring in the ones they have done like I say the job's there for Ship to lose to mm-hmm. lose with that squad I don't think there are any excuses
3: do you think he's the only one though that will if he gets punted
2: by the end of the season?
3: Yeah. If, no. they, if they get rid of him. Because there's people that have been there from the get-go.
2: At City? Yeah. Oh, Scott Munn. Oh, he's still on a job, I've no idea. Mm. <laughs> I mean, we, we talk about Van Ship still being on a job uh, <laughs> when at CFG took on uh, City. How Scott Munn has survived is quite astonishing. But, you know, having said that, in the past year, the club's been fairly well run.
3: Yeah, they've got the resources.
2: Yeah, I think, you know, know that, but they still need to grow that membership, the community, the the club feel, and establish an identity. They brought
3: someone over from the UK. They brought someone from the city for for the membership component. Um, I've forgotten his name. Uh, Yeah, to, to sort of try to drive that. So it'll be interesting to see. But you don't hear a lot from that club. They, since they've come up, they've closed up shop. Remember mm. before when it was Melbourne Heart, you couldn't get Scott Munn off TV yeah. or anything. He'll speak to anyone, and now like it's exclusive interviews
2: yeah.
3: um, to get with him. So yeah, we don't hear a lot of, of I think them. That,
2: I think that's probably a good thing. Though. Yeah, you
3: <laughs> Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> it, well, they were confusing. Well, Heart were confusing people what they were. So there's Heart no confusion had, what Heart City had is had now. No
2: idea what it was. Yeah, that was the thing. I had no identity.
3: Yeah. And that's the other thing as well. They haven't developed that winning culture that victory's had.
2: But this season, and if then Chip lives up to the potential of that squad, as I see it, top four finish for me. Yeah, mm. without a doubt.
1: Yeah, top three. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Mm. And, a, and a Melbourne Derby FFA Cup final.
2: Well, oh, yeah. everyone
1: will be happy with that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very, very ka-ching, good. Ka-ching, ka-ching. <laughs> MCG maybe. Juma's <laughs> well, join- making some decent dollars out of next game. <laughs> uh, join us after this break. Hi, I'm Jackson Irvine. You're listening to 442 FM. Thank you, Jackson. We are back and uh, with Brisbane Roar. Here we go. Like, can they can they forget about their off-field woes? and translate some of that maybe frustration into a successful season
2: it's odd really because you've got you know a reasonable unit on the field and then this complete car crash off the field and I'm rustling my papers apologies um, it's going to be hard it's, it must be hard for any player to give their all not knowing if they're going to get paid for it mm. Each month, or if it is going to come in, if it's going to come in so late, they get you know they miss the mortgage payment, get hit by bank fees, and that's just going to grow bitterness yep. uh, to towards your club and employees. And it's kind of hard to see them being able to put that behind them, to be honest. Uh,
1: and it's not plus, just the players either; it's the, the staff. The, the well. staff, uh, everyone staff involved are, in the club, the
2: staff are even worse affected, yep. I think, because yeah, uh, they, they don't have the the TV money to fall back and on.
3: They don't have the PFA. Yeah, exactly. As well.
2: Yeah, mm. um, and I think the other worrying problem for them is they've lost a lot of experienced quality players, and while they have got young quality players coming in, they don't have the same ex- level of experience as the uh, the ones they've uh, they've lost. I still think very very highly of Jim and McLaren, Devante Kluge Brendan Borello, mm-hmm. I think those three alone mm-hmm. uh, could will drive Brisbane Roar's season. Uh, but I also am not convinced that John Aloisi has a lot of faith in youth. Mm. Personally.
1: He doesn't have a choice though really, does he?
2: <sighs> well, you know, even something as simple as Devante Clute who has impressed every single time he's had a chance. Yeah. Yet he's still not a first choice. He's still not been a first choice uh, at um. Roar and I cannot understand why you would do that unless you simply want to play safe and use experience it's the nobody ever got fired for buying IBM argument yeah. you're not going to get fired if you play your best, most experienced team uh, in John's mind maybe uh, but I think he's denying himself a chance of real glory if he doesn't put his faith in McLaren, Borello put yeah. that young team of offensiveness Offensiveness mm. uh, uh, from the get go.
1: McLaren has gone straight into my dream team. my too. Yeah, yep. no, uh, yeah. No, good signing. I think I think it is very good signing,
2: especially in that team as well. I think you know with that kind of uh, support around them, I think it all will work really well. There's there's um, youth, figure, speed, excitement, uh, but it really all depends on what Aloisi's game plan is, uh, and. Aloisi has the potential to really screw things
1: up. How, how far up the, the sack race would you put um, Aloisi? Oh I don't know because you, you hear different things about what's
3: happening in Newcastle which we'll get to had yeah. his short term um, he's got only got a three month clause um, Scott Miller uh, I reckon he could be up there and, and uh, there's been some sort of word coming out in terms of how they're playing uh, when they get sort of put under pressure that the balls start going long Mm-hmm. Uh, so out of desperation they'll start pinging the balls to the, the front the front quick guys um, and then now you've lost Braddon um, you know he he was one of the top passers you know, distributors mm-hmm. Ange even said Ange Postacoglu even said the same thing one of the best distributors mm-hmm. he's seen yep. and to take that out of that role uh, is going to be hard I think um, the other thing as well is Breusch. uh, he's getting on injuries and also some of the trials has been he's been isolated a little bit on the left hand side of the field as well. Uh, so you know your most creative player, your best player, one of the better players we've seen uh, coming to the A League, he's now going to be, um, you know, he's, he's now going to be isolated on the, the flanks. Well, then you're taking a great attacking arsenal when they're playing against them. So yeah, I and but also the other thing, you're talking about youth as well, I, I it would have known that they've just released twelve youth players. Um, out of that NPL squad as well, um, and and highly regarded youth players as well, and it's it's mm. not good look, is it? Like yeah, it's, it's
2: about all cost cutting. That's the thing, and it, it's actually the one reason that Aloisi is perfectly safe because they can't afford to ditch. Him. And he
3: was desperate for yeah. a job.
2: It's a Phil Sutton scenario again. You know, it's they can't afford to sack him. Mm. Uh, and I like, do
3: think John Aloisi is a better, like smarter coach in that sort of aspect in terms of the
2: tactical. I would hope I so I, I had mean. big hopes for Phil Stubbins which were completely yes. dashed yeah. uh, very quickly uh, cause he's, I, d- I still don't necessarily think he was a bad tactical coach I just think he was a terrible terrible man manager mm. um, I think in terms of what he was doing on the pitch it didn't look bad mm. You know, they were unlucky to lose a couple of times last season um, uh, but more importantly he had no way of dealing with other people mm. well uh, that was his biggest feeling Aloisi I just think is a bit redundant on tactical thoughts. Sometimes I can see he he tries to turn out teams that are very well drilled and disciplined, uh, but in terms of innovation and attack, for a striker he just doesn't seem to have it. He, he seems to focus more on his defence than he, his, his attack.
3: Yeah, the other the other thing as well is that he was he was probably being a little bit too stubborn in a way of not changing his system when he was at Melbourne City Mm -hmm. Um, and that got the better of him I think coaches sometimes very much get caught up with the word philosophy Uh, you know keeping to my philosophy and so forth but Mm -hmm. I think once you know when you're in that early development stage of a coach you're trying to work out what your philosophy is and uh, it's not until you're a more senior coach and had more years under your belt like a Graham Arnold where he definitely knows what he wants he can just walk into a club go in there and set it up um,
2: I think Aloisi as well was also shortchanged by City management giving him that A, well Hart at the time, giving him that job, uh, it should have gone to Milicic yeah. uh, and it would have been a very very different story for both of them mm. Aloisi would have had more time on the job to learn yep. uh, the trade uh, as it turns out he's now in a second job and really fighting for his career, mm. if this goes as tits up as uh, Hart did, his coaching career is over, yeah uh, so he's got a lot to prove and a lot to uh, to show, uh, and he's got at least got the opportunity to show he has learnt mm. from his experience,
1: and he's at least got Fox Sports to fall back on.
2: Well that's true.
1: Yeah. What from one team that have had off-field problems to another in Perth Glory, the salary cap scandal that ruined uh, an otherwise very exciting last season. They've obviously had to lose quite a lot of their their players from from last year that was being given cars and. Other things, it's allegedly.
2: A, it's ironic <laughs> when we've got such a struggling set of clubs at the bottom end of the league that we actually had one team that had so much money yeah. it was giving <laughs> these players too much of it. <laughs> 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 but that's Australia for you. <laughs> they were, and they were
3: great like let's take the money side of part of it. They were a great side, they were very experienced campaigners. It wasn't Flash, mm-hmm. but everyone knew what they were doing. Uh, you know, when you see those senior players and you see them in their element uh, they were just sort of they work like clockwork, uh, yeah. and guys who could grind out victories and all that, and then it all fell apart, uh, which is a shame. And now their squad's been turned over as well. I think they've um, they're very good in, in keeping Thwaite. Yeah, um, I think that's a big one, uh, keeping someone solid in their spine, getting someone a leader like Antekovic, coming in as well. Very senior guy, very intelligent. Gosh, a great pick up, it, yeah, there. he's a uh, yeah. You'd sign him in it if Felix you're Clown. losing Vukovic. That's the, the oh, great best yeah. possible mm-hmm. replacement. Um, and then uh, you've also then got uh, you also got Marinkovic who you know Marinkovic is is a great ball player. You know he offers them a lot. Um, he was offering them a lot last when they were sort of you know moving up through the table as well. Uh, yeah, so I think it's good that that spine is. Is sort of there, mm-hmm. um, but yeah. My only problem is, is that that depth. Once they start to get a few injuries, which they will, uh, it's a bit hard to keep players when they're travelling those distances, playing in that heat, uh, keeping them on the paddock, uh, and some of them, you know with the ages of some of them as well. I think that's when they'll start to get found out. So yeah, we'll see how they go. You you want them to do well. You want perfect Glory. We 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 all yearn for the old days of the NSL days of the glory, days, the, glory of the glory days of, the glory days of, days, of them, yes. and uh, and we've not seen that. Oh, we've seen glimpses and fell short. We thought we were and we thought we were going to we get it this year, yeah. but yeah, I think you know. But you know, they've got a new CEO, uh, uh, Peter Fopulis, uh, so it will be very interesting to see what he can bring. He's um, obviously from a football background. Uh, Once upon a time, running South Melbourne. Uh, So hopefully he can bring some of that stability off the park to allow Kenny Lowe to do what he needs to do on the park.
2: I think they're really going to struggle this season, to be fair. I think ever since the the salary cap began uh, to unravel for them, the whole side just looked disjointed. Mm. Uh, The squad's not had a cohesive cohesive feel to it ever since at all. We had players disappearing off the squad list. loan terms expired and basically desperately trying to cut the cost to to try and get back under the salary Mm. cap uh, or at least minimise the the damage done. Uh, And as a result, it's just all fallen apart for them and I I really don't think they're going to pull back together again before Christmas at Mm. the very earliest and I think it'll probably be next season uh, before they get another cohesive squad playing well together. Um, I think this has been cobbled together. Uh, They've had a squad which was obviously... Cost too much, and they've had to lop off some of it, and lopped off the most expensive bits, and the bits mm. that left are like yeah. the rumped, uh, the rump of, uh, of yeah, a squad, me, and not really filled it out properly. I think yeah, it, it's yeah just, Keo
3: McLaren losing them, yeah. yeah,
2: it's massive uh, De Silva design. as well, yep. uh, Scott Jameson another big loss. Vukovic is a big loss. Mm. You know, mm. Kovitch is a great signing, um, and a couple of the players that they've, they've retained, great but really I don't think they're going to be able to uh, really compete with this class that you see at the capital cities and the eastern states
1: there's a lot of goals um, expected to come from new signing Fernandez, who is um, a bit of an, an unknown quantity in, in the A League
2: well that's a, I mean you've you've got new signings and we, we can't make any predictions about them mm. because some of them look like Terrible journeyman. Yeah. Some have been on loan for a years year straight, uh, and other guys could look on paper like they could be the next great thing. Yeah, uh, and. Frankly, you can't predict what's going to happen. I think that's
3: it? our signings for the A League in general. It is. Yeah. It is. It is. Like these international signings. I think fans, they sort of get excited. They go and look at Wikipedia and then they go look at YouTube and they get, oh, well, this guy. And can't, yeah. you can't judge someone off eight minute. Best highlights, real too. Dexter uh, Rosales,
2: uh, every time. Yeah.
3: And um, yeah, exactly. Uh, well it can't be all like Con Constantine and hire Mario Jardel off the <laughs> YouTube clip. So. So yeah, so I think one of those things is like patience. Wait to see what they can do.
2: Yeah, mm. yeah.
3: Um, look at those sight We'll look at Popper's signings in his first season. Absolutely, everyone was going, "What the hell?" But Dino
1: was, Cressinger uh, was the only one who was the bad one out of it. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Fair effort And we're, we're, so we'll, we'll end with the the bottom three from last year, and they were significantly the bottom three, weren't they? You we're know, the they were
2: well off the, the pace. Yeah. yeah. It was a, I think last year was the first time I really felt there was a huge gulf between top and bottom. Mm. Uh, the salary cap, in theory, had kept a lid on the, the equality of the A-League in previous seasons, even although you know some teams were clearly much, much better than the others. Yeah. There wasn't an overall gulf last mm. season. There really, really It, it began to show. Yeah.
1: Uh, so starting with with the Mariners, who... Yeah, Wormsley uh, came out and and said We have a small but competitive squad The mood is high with an appetite for positive football I think that's obviously because You you talk to all the other coaches And they're picking out, highlighting these key players Do you know if you take the first
2: letter of every word he said It spells out white flag of surrender It does as well
1: (laughs) Very good (laughs) Ah, good. (laughs) The chances of that, <laughs> well, he would have, he's
2: very clever as our Tony He is. he would have thought of that on the fly.
1: This is that's like if you play a, a record backwards, backwards. and yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, it says Central Coast Mariners for the wooden spoon, <laughs> uh, says yeah, but, Satan.
1: But with Roy O'Donovan, you know, surely he can drive that team to glory. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no,
2: not on the basis of what I've seen, uh, and I don't think in the basis of what anybody else has ever seen anywhere, ever.
3: I- I got told today, um, so the optostats stats have sort of come out, and that Nick Fitzgerald had the same amount of shots as Bessart Berisha, Berisha. Um, so 65 apiece and obviously one scored goals and Nick only got a couple. So, uh, yeah, that probably sort of sums up Central Coast Mariners in a mm-hmm. way. Uh, they're just that, that quality of the cattle of the squad. Uh, you know, got some decent players. Um, you know, Fabio Ferreira is a great player. Yes, yeah. Um played half a season but he's and was built, their top goal scorer yeah before. but he's held together with spit and uh, sticky tape uh, in terms of his body but yeah. it's whether they keep him on the pitch but yeah I, 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 I feel for them they're, they're going to have a tough year I think
2: two key signings uh, two key players for them will be Ferreira and Anthony Caceres yeah. uh, Anthony Caceres it is Anthony isn't it I think or so Andrew <laughs> oh, Caceres, um, Caceres. Um, anyway uh, between the two of them they're going to win matches uh, if they're going to win anything at all mm. um, but really I wouldn't be booking tickets for a grand final no. at this stage or even a preliminary final
1: One team from the bottom three that are expecting to be book- booking tickets for at least the top six is uh, is the Wanderers and after an, an influx of foreign signings and um, namely the uh, the Spaniards uh, has been recently been coined the Wanderers. <laughs>
2: recently been coined by you. Um, I'm not, <laughs> but, I'm not about claiming 10 that seconds one. Ago.
3: And the assistant coach as well. Yeah. Um, We've gone from the Croatians
1: yeah. to the Spanish.
2: Yeah, it's been a very sudden and dramatic yeah, switch,
1: hasn't it? Very much so. Yeah. Um, no. No Champions League to to take away their focus, and, and that's been a bit of a, a common theme from from players in their preseason season interviews. Santa Lab was out saying that they they literally have no excuses this season, and anything less than a, a top six finish is is unacceptable. They've
2: lost a lot of quality, though. Uh,
1: they've lost a lot yeah, of everything.
2: Yeah, uh, Kovic seemed a rash decision to me. Mm. Um, I think that was possibly baby out with the bathwater was uh, part of the radical overhaul. But, you know, if that's the philosophy or if he was looking for too much money and they needed to fit in the salary cap, so be it. But it did, I still struggle to see the logic in that one. Mm. Uh,
3: Even in keeping him, like, because Ron Corey's gone as well. Exactly. And then obviously he's brought in uh, Joko Kalach. But whether or not he could have kept him as part of the coaching staff, you know, they, they bring in the academy, they could have kept him for the youth. Uh, he's a great leader in that. Um, I think one of the things with Wanderers is, is, and doesn't get talked a lot, is that losing Aaron Moy, Shinji Ono, and Anne Hersey, uh, you've lost three excellent creative players. And Wade Popper's system is he had these... His back block of uh, six, six or seven, yeah. and then and then he had his front four, and they were all sort of that, that creativity and those. And he lost a lot of that creativity out of the, losing those three players, and didn't really replicate it last. Like Castellan looks very good, mm. um, but you, you didn't have really much else. And and really now I think the exciting thing is for the Wanderers is that Dario Viticic comes in. Um, we'll see how hungry he is. We we know of his ability. Yeah. Um, they can play in that number 10 role. Um, and then you've also... Um, and then, obviously, with his, his Spaniards as well, uh, whether or not they can bring uh, this possession-based ga- game that we're all sort of seeing. But having a look at them in that uh, game against Perth Glory... Uh, I didn't see a lot of change in terms of the system or structure. What they've been trying to play, um, and there was a few sort of long balls over the top. They'll rightly so the right long balls to go over the top uh, for the striker. But I, yeah, I didn't, I didn't see anything. I was thinking of watching Barcelona or anything. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, and I, yeah, I, it's I whether or not he's got that creative uh, front four. To be able to get those goals, I think Papa knows how to defend is whether that attack comes into play.
2: Yeah, I think he has recruited very, very well. Um, mm-hmm. Possibly, depending on what the, these international players are like. Yeah. Uh, and as I said before, you, until you see them play uh, in the flesh mm. at this standard in this heat, yeah, it's anybody's. What's your
3: thoughts on the goalkeepers? Like you've gone from Kovic now to Redmayne. And Bozanic Berzani- is not great on the crossing. No, ball I,
2: th- I think it's an utterly ridiculous move. Mm. I, honestly, for the life of me, I cannot see. I mean, it goes back to what I was saying earlier. There are a pool of goalkeepers who have been second-string keepers and have never looked like stepping up. Mm. Um, you've got the the Matt Ryan's who get the chance and take it with both hands, yeah, uh, and really shine. And you've got pedestrian keepers who are pedestrian, mm. and you know. Main's a lovely guy, and uh, I'm sure Bazanis is too, but so far I've not seen anything first team about them.
3: Yeah, the only sort of thing is that uh, probably the only real difference is with their feet. So Kovic is not a playing out the back type of keeper. Mm. Um, he was very good in that first season because basically all they did was get the ball to the other end, keep the ball in there, and then it wasn't so much about possession,
1: it was just yeah. you know, uh, playing out um, the, the Maybe field. with the Spaniards. Uh, Coming into the team, that that might be. There's a be, there's been
3: in. a little bit of that in the trials where they've sort of been trying to play out the back. Redmayne does offer that, but then you comp- you're now losing a, a shot stopper.
1: Well, that's a
3: yeah. A, a, and, go back
2: to the basic yeah. requirement for a goalkeeper: must keep goal. Yeah, must it's stop exactly
3: like crick- it's like cricket where they've gone for these batsmen and try to make them a wicket keeper. Yeah, yeah. It's sometimes we do that. It's also in football where we're mm. trying to. Get these ticky tackle goalkeepers, if you want to call them that, and rather than, you know, let's get one who can actually catch, He's not scared of a crossing ball, yeah. um, not scared to put his body can on. Can dive, line. get down
2: quickly, yeah. get across. Yeah, the I'm a bit old school on that. And go at somebody's feet. So is he. I tell you, what I have been impressed by, though, is the the wing play that they're going to have with Scott Neville and uh, Scott Jameson. Yeah. Uh, double Scots. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be interesting to see. And Mitch Nichols. Pictures I've seen of him, I've not been to any of the pre-season games, but the pictures I've seen of Mitch Nichols, I've always thought of, his, of him as being like a farmer's boy. You know, <laughs> just carrying that little uh, bit extra weight and hmm. just looking a bit chunky. He is looks absolutely ripped, this <laughs> thing.
3: It's, it's a popper's thing, isn't it? Oh,
2: unbelievable. I mean, really, he looks like a proper full-on five-star athlete sportsman, which is probably what he always should have done. Yeah. but. You know, he always just looked like Charlie Brown up to now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's good to see him getting the best out of him. Uh, and from from what I've seen pre-season, he's, he's been playing a lot, getting a lot of the ball. So,
2: With the, the kind of increased athleticism that he appears to show, uh, I can see him having a big impact this season.
3: And Bridges is out for
2: a while. I'm not sure
3: about injury? that. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to get some video sitch in
1: he will get some game time anyway. It's so him. nice to see him in the A-League. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you know his bizarre injury from from last season. What happened? He f- he fell off his bike, and ruptured his uh, was it his Achilles or his uh, or a, a ligament or something. Wow. So he was. Uh, this was outside of uh, playing. Obviously, he went. He was cycling down to the um, the petrol station to pick up some something and um and his chain fell off and he flipped over the top of the uh, of the handlebars <laughs> and ruptured a ligament in his uh, in his leg and that was him put out and and i think off the back of that he was um sort of kept out of the team because i think they they may have questioned his professional professional Professionalism, uh, professionalism. Thank you, and tumultuous, tumultuous. <laughs> <laughs> but he has a, a tumultuous time over in uh, uh, over in Switzerland and Europe. So it's good to see him back, and uh, hopefully he does well uh, over here. Excellent. Yeah, um, I'm looking
2: forward to seeing him in
1: action. Final team, and you bet's favourite to pick up the wooden spoon again at two dollars fifty, and um, even more confident of that than than, um, than victory to to win back to back. It's the Jets.
2: I I think that's harsh, but yeah um, yes. I thought it was harsh that they got all the stick that they did last season as well. Um, I don't know, I seem to have a soft spot for Newcastle Jets... Which I can't explain because I'm not really that enamoured with the city.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's an enjoyable place to go and watch football, though. It is. I, I, yeah. I, I do like it's it. True. There's, there's this sort of jovial, light-hearted nature of the of the fans, and you know they'll some of the chants and the the baldy wigs f- from from seasons gone 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 by. That's you <laughs> know that, that sort of thing, and, and and that's what I love about I, I love that about football. I mean, being a, a Blackburn Rovers fan of, of of recent years, you know you've got to take that sort of humour. <laughs> um, because if you take it too seriously everyone's going to be disappointed yeah. so it's um... well they seem to come back the fans with the membership
3: yeah, uh, uptake uh, considering yeah. all the dramas and that so fourth highest was it fourth yeah, highest yeah they've always been up there um, which is
2: sensational yeah uh, it's great Brisbane Roar's membership collapsed worse than the like 3,800 that mm-hmm. was even when they won the championship I think the first time uh, they only got up to 2,800 yeah that's right and it was just written. That was when there's, FFA there, had them. There is no culture of uh, mm. membership in Brisbane. Right. And then Ange came in, and they got up to twelve thousand, thirteen thousand.
3: Yeah, and they actually invested a fair bit of money at the start of the season on new membership program as well, um, working on targeting selective offers yep. and all that. Yeah, they've got the rewards. They same. spent. Yeah, one, they one sort of. Yeah, so it was it was quite interesting with them because they were they were investing money, but uh, with the the Backry Group, their financial situation. Uh, they, it's hard to get the exact figure on their debt, how much they had. And some reports between six, others say nine million dollars, and then it's that has become the issue. And then mm-hmm. obviously they need to offload things. So, that, and the the, poor Brisbane Roar has been caught up in that. And the Backery Group do have a history of their other clubs that they've been involved with, um, as well of getting out of them or being bought out or closing them. But in looking at um, but going back to Newcastle Jets, the only sort of thing new coach Scott Miller. Um, what's he going to bring? Uh, the other things as well is is that everything's been done on the cheap there at the moment, uh, so they're not this really. That's the FFFs way. Yeah, it, it is, and it, they've got all these coach, this whole staff, and is all on cut price wages, so. I, yeah, it really depends on his like. He's, one is his man management skills. He's got um, you know Nigel uh, Bugard's, uh gone up there, uh, so he's the he's captain. Got, the captain as well. So he's got, uh, given something in the spine.
2: I was hearing what his wage apparently is that Phil Stubbins and Tinkler negotiated just before they left. Mm. Three hundred thousand a year. Wow! Wow! For a fullback. For well, a, Tink- a but
3: Tinkler had this this habit. Like he had offered. Every he offered everyone big dollars. So if you're looking at um, you know he's uh, Branko uh, Kolino, the first coach, um, he was offering him uh, bonuses if they made the top six. Um, he was offering he went from uh, up to a hundred to up to few hundred thousand a year his wage, which is pretty big back then. Mm. Uh, you know, and obviously the likes of Ange and that and um, Arnie have got bigger uh, uh, paychecks, but. He does that, he offers these people big money. Um, and then once he's unhappy with something or whatever, then it all or his businesses collapse, it all comes to pieces. Yeah. So, even the likes with Mitch Murphy and that, um, uh, going in there, and uh, obviously they had like Ben Mannion had come in as well from Football Queensland into their thing. These guys were offered decent money, um, uh, to help try to fix it. FFA come in, that's not going to happen anymore. Yeah, and it's yeah. it seems it is, you said it's FFA's way, they take over a club. And what they do is is they run it on the cheap, yep. they load it up with sponsors, um, so they flip it to sell. Yep. Uh, they've been very successful and very good at it, mind you. and they should they've be given credit that. But then what happens is is that when the owners then take over the club, they now then have to their costs start to go up because they then need to pay people properly. Um, and then FFA then also gets on their case a little bit as well, saying, well, you know, there should be 18 functions, as they like to say, um, you know, we, they, to have a, a, a properly run club. Um, and then you've got your CEO here doing five things. You need to invest more. And then the owner sort of push back and saying, well, hang on a sec, I can't keep funding this and running mm-hmm. into racking up debts. And that's one of the problems that you sort of had. Um, and that's where you get into trouble. Um so yeah but I think with Newcastle, I really hope uh, things turn around for him because one, it's a great city they get great following uh, it's a great football town as well and um, it, it should be a profitable club too. I know everyone goes on about this model, but that club should be making like they were only losing a million dollars when Tinkler sort of had them and he was paying how much a million dollars for Heskey. so there's yeah. where and he wasn't bringing anything so that's there you go it was break even if you've taken out of the equation, eleven
2: thousand fans buying season tickets. Memberships, yeah, that
3: that's that And be their stadium deal is yeah. not onerous, as, uh, Like the others, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So he, again, because he paid big wages, yeah, um, and uh, that's and he could have, you know. So hopefully they get the right ownership group um, in place, yeah. and then those things come about, and Newcastle will get the team they deserve. But um, so on the par- on the park, um, yeah, they've got you know bringing Halidi and Polyak in. Uh, Pollock's a great player. He's you know one of those players I think teams like to have. Yeah, you know screens the defence. Does it very well. Nothing flash, but does the graft. Yeah. Um, Halidi, you know originally he you know he was once upon a time there. Uh, they love you know they love him yep. in Newcastle. I think he'll settle back at home. He gets he gets goals at the right times. Yeah. Um, as well. So and he's still
2: got plenty of energy. You know despite his age, I think he could probably quite happily run back to Sydney. Oh, he's, super, back he's super fit, isn't yeah.
1: he? Oh, immensely very good so that um, that concludes our team previews um, all we have left to do which is what we what we generally do in, uh, in on the 442 uh, FM podcast is some predictions so um, so let's do winners of the grand final I'm talking um, runners up and then wooden spoon Kevin Ayers, come on jump straight in
2: victory victory yep what was the other
1: one runner up so uh, lose, losing the graph on
2: I'm gonna go controversial city oh I knew you were gonna say city
1: if I would be happy with that yeah were. yeah definitely that, <laughs> is, that is
2: definitely an MCG
1: oh yeah <laughs> fixture that one let's get it booked in early yeah <laughs> and um, bottom wooden spoon
2: wooden spoon <laughs> Mariners. It breaks my heart to say that because I think Walmsley is actually going to have a very good season He's going to be a good coach I think he's a great coach yeah. um, I don't think it's going to be a fair reflection of his ability I think it's yeah. a reflection of the, the conditions he's working under
1: I've gone for Sydney FC winning I think it's going to be a, a re, replay of the of the last season's final victory to, uh, to to not win, to come runner up and, uh, and I've gone Mariners bottom as well um, I'm gonna follow uh, Kevin.
3: Yeah, as I said, I'm terrible predictions. Uh, so yeah, Melbourne victory. I can't really see uh, anyone else getting past them. Uh, Runners up, Sydney FC. Uh, I think uh, be interesting to see what Graham Arnold uh, does in terms of the way he changes the way he plays. And unfortunately, uh, Central Coast Mariners uh, to to come last. And again, I I share the same views on Wormsley I think he's a great coach. Yeah. Um, I think. He, I think he's going to do the right things. He's going to play a attacking style football. It's just the cattle, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I agree. Um, interestingly, just to... Uh, apropos nothing, Wanderers are paying $11 uh, to win, which I don't think they're going to win, but in terms of tremendous bloody value for a bet in a team of... Uh, a, a league of 10, mm. that's very, very good value. Mm. Uh, and it only takes one broken leg here and there in Sydney City or victory <laughs> yep. for Wanderers to get in there uh, so that's my top tip mm. get on Wanderers for 11 bucks
1: Kevin Ayres betting corner yes. <laughs> punters club <laughs> with Kevin Ayres. gamble
2: responsibility <laughs> um, gamble responsibility and don't listen to me
1: <laughs> good stuff well um, opening game Wanderers Raw Thursday night Adelaide victory on Friday Mariners Perth Sydney City uh, on the Saturday and Phoenix Jets on the Sunday um, Bumper opening weekend of the A-League Come on! Are we
2: doing score predictions? Yeah. Good <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I won last year we, didn't I? No, you were miles off I think I won I I'm won sure I, I won. beat everyone uh,
2: Can we just mention 442 FC? 442 FC 442 FM 442FC is our new community club, which you're invited to be our star signing. Uh, Look at 442FC.com to join us. Uh, There's lots of freebies, lots of giveaways, lots of competitions, and uh, you can also get uh, the best of 442 online delivered to your inbox every evening just before you go home. Full-time whistle newsletter uh, and uh, just part of the great 442 community so come and sign up and join us
1: get involved Sean thank you very much for, for coming in no, thank you very much anyone out there looking for a stocking filler or um, gift for, for Christmas get in early buy them before they all sell out yeah
3: we've had a few places sell out actually so. So.
2: are you on Kindle yet?
1: yeah we
3: are
2: you are? because yeah, yeah, I yeah. just gave away our copy in the office but, uh, <laughs> online before I had the chance to read it properly so i am buy the Kindle edition excellent
1: Excellent. Uh, big thanks to, to Big John over in Jordan, our foreign correspondent. Uh, Kevin, thanks for thanks for joining us again. Thank you for hosting, mate. I've been your host, Adam Jackson, and uh, join us next week. Thanks for tuning in.